If you have a conversation with Sasha and it didn't feel good or something about it was like, oh, she, I didn't enjoy telling her that. She didn't receive me in the way that someone else did. It's not always, oh, I need to confront Sasha. Sometimes it's just, oh, well, I'm actually not going to bring that thing to Sasha, but I can bring these other types of things to Sasha because that's where she shines and that's what feels good in our relationship. Not everything has to be a nuclear reaction. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I am Allie Jackson with my co-host, Erica Spira. Hello, hello. We have an exciting episode this week all about friendship. Yes, we talked to Hello Hayes, uh, which you might know her from TikTok. She's blown up over there about uh, some of her different friendship theories and basically navigating friendship shifts, friendship breakups, all that good stuff. We got a lot of great questions from the listeners, so I appreciate you guys for submitting for this one. Definitely. And it is such a vast topic. There's so many things that we didn't even have time to get into. We're going to have more friendship episodes in the future. We know it's something that people have really been asking for. So excited to uh, add that content. Yes. And speaking of friendships, we have possibly another great gift for you guys to get your friends or Hell yeah. to enjoy with your friends. we got a hmm. special little product that is new from sunsetlikecbd.com. They officially have Delta 9 gummies, which have a five milligram amount of THC in them. So congratulations on the new product, Sunset Lake CBD. They have sent us some and it is uh, quite enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's super exciting. It's five milligrams of THC and 50 milligrams of CBD per square and they are watermelon flavored, which is delicious. Yeah. And as always, gluten-free, vegan, lab tested, all that good stuff. And they are currently able to sell to every state except for Vermont, which is kind of ironic because it's made in Vermont right off the farm. (laughs) But, you know, you know, I like to partake in some edibles here and there. So Delta 9 gummies, give it a try. They got a special sale going on 25% off all gummies. So not just the Delta 9s. All right. If you just want the regular stuff, all gummies, 25% off. And it ends March 6th. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on episode launch day, Monday, March 4th, you've got two days. Hustle over to sunsetlakecbd.com. Put in Delta. You can get 25% off all of their gummies, including these new ones. And as always, you can still get 20% off site-wide on everything else when you use our code FMH20. And you can use that as much as you want. So highly recommend. Give it a try. Hang out with your friends. Take a gummy. Have a good night. You know? Take a gummy and listen to this pod. Huh? Everybody relax together. Sounds like a lovely evening. Oh. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're, they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little, little sweet treat. 
They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I gotta be honest, I don't know what you have uh, for updates this week, but what do you you got for us? So first, I want to update on our topic from last week with the manifesting. Oh, yes. Yes. Is it a success? I did experiment number one. I'm currently in the midst of experiment number two, but I'm, I did experiment number one, which is just as a reminder, basically looking to be proven that this like force exists, that, you know, the FP, as the author from last week calls it, exists. And so what you do is you ask the universe for a gift, an unexpected gift, and you give it 48 hours. And I wrote down when I started it, which was on a Sunday, and all Monday, I was like literally out loud being like, where's my gift? I, I need one. I want a gift. It is your Where love is language it? after all. Yeah, it is. That's so true. Uh, and I'm like, come on, universe. Like, you know me. Give me my gift. And I think like little things kept happening where I was like, uh, is that it? And like, no, that's not, that wasn't really unexpected. Like a couple things that I knew were coming happened on those two days. I'm like, I don't think I can really count that. Like I knew this thing was going to happen. It just so happened on this day. I don't think that counts. And then I have been seeing, so there's a new sand volleyball facility in New York City, fairly new. It's been there for a couple of years, but it's fairly new. And there's a high level volleyball game that happens there early mornings, like before work, we're talking 6 a.m. with a really small group of like high level women's players. I think they do men's too. I know these players I've seen them post about it. I've talked to them about how if they ever need an extra player, because you like to keep it small so that people get enough playing time, you know? They're my friends. I've said to them, hey, if you ever need someone else, like, I'm down. I have a car. I can drive there. Like, I've thrown so much (laughs) at being like, I will be there (laughs) at 6 a.m. Even if you don't need me. Like, I will come. You just tell me. Maybe, like, for six months. And I had given up hope that I was ever going to get invited. Mm-hmm. And literally the day before on Monday, I saw a story of them having been there like in the morning. I was like, oh man, that looks so fun. I'm never going to get to go. And then on Tuesday, I got invited. Well, how about that? You got a little gift from the uh, FP. I did. Here's the thing though, and I'm curious what you think about this. That session that I got invited to, so specifically, they have, I think, a group of like four of them that go every week and they just like to go with four. And so really a new person is only invited if someone can't come. So I'd been invited to a specific session Friday morning. It got canceled. Okay. So I didn't go to the thing that was my unexpected gift. It didn't turn into an actual gift because I didn't end up going. Does it still count? Yeah, it still counts. That's not that doesn't mean the gift doesn't exist. You got the gift. But I didn't because I never went. I guess I got the invite. You got the invite. About and you've been fighting for the, the invite. True, true, you've true. You've been fighting true. for the invite. You got the invite. True, true. Okay. I thought it did, but I just wanted to put it out there that I didn't actually go to the thing. Well, yeah, but the I think the whole point is like it reframes your thinking. Now you're seeing everything yeah. as a gift. Where if you weren't yeah, doing yeah. the experiment and say this happened anyway, okay. You got this invite. Blah blah blah. You would just be very happy and excited that you finally got this invite to this thing. Very true. So it's like, I feel like a lot of it is also reframing your mindset because I was sitting there being like, say something like that doesn't happen. That's like a clear thing I wanted or whatever and and appears out of nowhere. 
blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's still things through your day I feel like you can look at and be like, ooh, it is a gift. If you suddenly have this, I get gifts mindset or I get Thanks you know good things come to me mindset. And it just puts you in a more like positive sphere. But I think yours absolutely counts, especially because you were like, oh, I had given up on getting into this thing. Fully had. Fully had. And then in you fact, got the, the invite. Before, yeah, the day before I had had the conscious thought, I'm never going to get invited to this thing. There- I think one of them, at least one of them listened. So like, hi, hello. I was super excited. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me, but I would still like to cash in on my gift, please. I'd like to come um, another time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, okay. I think it more proved to you, the universe is giving you good things and these people do think of you. It's not that they don't think of you. Yeah. So, hey, maybe yes, your yes. gift is it, almost look at it like it's a, it's a, it's a ticket to an event, but the event just isn't this week, Allie. It's going to be in the future, but like you're on the list, you know? True. So maybe look at it that way. I think that totally counts. Yeah. Okay, great. That's bigger than the then gift I, I considered worked. a gift for my experiment. So okay, what was your, what was yours like, again? Remind me. Um. So my cousins have a dog who is uh very very old, and usually someone's always around in the apartment with him. And there was a day no one could be there, and I was in the city. And then you know all of a sudden I get a call from my mom like, "Where are you? You in the city? New Jersey?" And I said, "Oh, I'm in the city. I'm leaving today." And you know, she was like, oh, can you, is there any chance you could stop by, get the dog? Because my aunt was going to leave work on her lunch break to go like walk the dog, whatever, you know, check on it. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll make it work. I'll, you know, stop by on my way down. No problem. It's family. Uh, the next morning I woke up to my uncle uh, ended up Venmoing me for walking the dog. And I was like, oh, you know, and I messaged him being like, hey, I don't, you don't have to pay me to walk the dog. I was happy to just stop by like. Yeah. You know, it's family. Like, I wasn't expecting to be paid. I don't ever get paid to help. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, oh, it's, you know, they they help me with stuff that. So, anyway, I counted it as my gift. I was like, oh, well, that's, it was something I did not expect. Something I didn't expect. I woke up to to that in my little Venmo wallet and I was like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. I think that absolutely counts. Unexpected. It was unexpected. Right. I agree. But I feel like what mine, you could more argue, like, well, you worked for the thing. Like, is it really a gift if it was an exchange for work? And it's like, well, the fact that it was family and I didn't, you know, I didn't take you it being like, how much? It. Like, I didn't, right. I didn't expect to get paid at all. I was like, it's a, you know, it's a sweet little, sweet little dog. And he's like, they're really one of the only families in our entire family that even have a pet. So it's like, it mm-hmm. kind of feels like the entire family's dog, you know, like we'd watch it sometimes when they went on vacation and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I, I counted it. it. I was counts. like, I think it counts. Yeah. It was nice. Got a little cash in my pocket. I totally so, agree. Shout out to Tuxedo. Nice little dog. <laughs> Hi, Tuxedo. Um, so he one he's other... A he's a fan. He's Huge, on the fan. Patreon. Huge fan of the pod. <laughs> we got to get him on the Patreon. Say? Yeah, we got to get him. Got to join the Patreon, Tux. Come on. Yeah, come on. Um. So one other thing, and it's funny because you're wearing our It's a Scam sweatshirt. As I say this, um, which, by the way, the merch is still for sale. Findingmrhyte.com slash merch. Um, and thank you for people who gave me feedback on the website because it, it's very helpful for people who were like, oh, I was looking for it in this piece of part of the navigation menu. Thank you. Um, I got an email and the title of this email was help us slam the scam. Hmm. And my initial thought, I was like, oh, this is related to the pod. Right. I then realized it was my personal email. 
And I realized it's from the Social Security Administration because they have labeled March 7th, 2024, National Slam the Scam Day. Oh, really? Or is everyone supposed to share on social media different scams? What is it? They... On National Slam the Scam Day, we give you the tools to recognize Social Security-related scams and stop scammers from stealing your money and personal information. So basically, yeah, it's like post – it's sharing our sharing their like fact sheet oh. about – which I will share on the 7th in, in solidarity with them. Um, but I just thought it was so funny that I got that email and was like, oh, this must be pod-related. Nope, it's from the government. Well, how about that? I was, I was going to say there is a holiday for like everything now. So it's like, I guess we should have a scam holiday. You know, there's a national pie day, uh, whatever the hell I see every day. Someone's like, it's national this day. I'm like, when is there a day that's nothing? When, I don't think there is. is. <laughs> I don't think there is. I don't is. think one exists. You can also, so as you know, I am deep in my Vanderpump Rules binge, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, a few days ago, watched the episode where Stasi. I think you have to pay, but she creates an outfit of the day day because she kind of like pioneered outfit of the day on social media like that came from her oh okay and but she got a a national outfit of the day day and it was like a whole like rigmarole and and procedure to get it so yeah every single day i think has something at this point and and then some yeah there's a national herpes day i know that got tagged in something once i was like okay fantastic national herpes awareness day all right Guess we'll yeah, put a, put a so, walk together. So something. yeah, National Slam the Scam Day. That's this week. So I uh, hope everyone's uh, off celebrating. <laughs> yeah, and a reminder: you can you can call in your scam. You can email in your scam if you have any scams to share for the pod. Um, yeah, I, I found a uh, a fun fact that a listener sent us was, and this is there's a new report from the FTC, I guess, that apparently romance scams increased 22 percent from 2022 to 2023. So, scammers are on the rise. Sadly, not surprised. Not surprised. But uh, what's going yeah. on with you? Um, I'm like in terms of dating updates, I really don't have much. Uh, Lemon Drop, I just have not heard from since I think Valentine's Day. Whenever I updated last week. Yeah, Valentine. Yeah, so same page, I guess. Moo. You know what's funny? I was thinking about this. I was like, we could come up with a better word than moo. A hundred percent we could, yes. Because Moose ghosting sucks. is so great. I know, like, I was trying to think, like, could we almost play on circle back? Almost like circle forward. <laughs> circle like, forward! We didn't we circle just, back. We just we kept, just kept moving. circling. We just kept <laughs> rolling. The circle just kept rolling. <laughs> like, I was, I actually was thinking about this today because I was like, my only update is that I haven't heard from this person. But I, I'll be honest, I'm like, there's got, we got something better than Moo, you know? Like, oh, yeah, Moo's not great. I, I am so you know, open to something better. I'm like, please write in, suggest you come up with something better. Cause I'm like, I was racking my brain. You have a better suggestion. I do like, I do. I think we might be onto something in the, in the theme. If this helps people brainstorm of the circle, like the role, like moving, keep it moving. Maybe something, you know, like something like that. I don't know. Give us your thoughts. People, people are creative. Yeah. Cause I'm like, ghosts make sense. Cause it's like, they disappeared. No idea where they went. They're a ghost now. So I'm like, what would the word be for literally like going either your separate ways or losing contact, you know what I mean? No RSVP. I thought of that one. I was like, could, could we just say it was a no RSVP <laughs> or nobody RSVP'd or something, you know? Nobody, nobody threw here. a party. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I'm Send like, us your there's suggestions. There's something better. It's ra- I'm I racking totally my brain all day. I'm like, totally something, there's you. something better. 
Help us, listeners. You listen to us every week. Come on. We kick them up with everything on the show. (laughs) (laughs) So insert phrase here. Neither of you reached out. Yeah, since that day. So the only thing like in relation to it. um, But it's interesting because he texted me after he watched some of my comedy online, which Mm -hmm. now I'm always like, okay, if you go and watch, I don't have that much public. If anything, I need to post more clips. Um, But uh, usually that they find out I have herpes. Yeah. So like there's part of me always curious, like, did you find out? But then he reached out after he watched it. So I was like, all right, well, if it was a deal breaker for you, I feel like I wouldn't have heard anything. Yeah, I agree. So, but I never know on that front. Um, but yeah, that's it for me on the dating front. I'm, I'm back to LA this week and going to switch my hinge location. And, you know, it'll be nice because I'm actually like steadily there now. So it'll be a lot right. easier. Um, oh, well, there is this. I don't know if I've said this here. Hmm. I don't tell dates that I've been bi coastal or I'm being bi coastal. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I talked about that publicly here. Uh, and the reason I've done that is because I'm like, I think it's more telling when someone isn't making quick moves to see you again. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, I, it, I've found it wasn't even necessary to disclose it because it's like, well, if I don't hear from them, there's no second date. Who cares? It's or it's very telling. Right. Or it's very telling with, um, I think I talked about this on Patreon with Berger specifically. He's down the shore. I'm, I haven't said I live in LA to this man. So the fact that he is so sporadic. I'm like, all he knows is I'm here all the time. He thinks you live down the shore. Right. So I'm like, I think it just shows what is your interest truly. Yeah. But. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I'm like, well, I just, I haven't found it to be a problem. I will just say like, oh, I travel a lot for work because I'll talk about doing comedy. And I'm like, yeah, I travel a lot, you know. Sometimes I'll be here a weekend, whatever. But that's kind of it. Really, like, now, this last trip, once you go back to L.A., I don't think you, I would really call you by coastal anymore. No. You travel for, I, I mean, think, as of I right think now. Will, you'll, tra- you'll be traveling for work more so with, like, a true home base. Yeah, I'm not uh, so much doing the, like, month here, month there, weeks here, weeks there. I just have one week in March. Um, I'm coming back the weekend before we go to D.C. Because uh, I'm helping out a friend uh, with some stuff. So, other than that, it's like, yeah, I, my books are me staying in L.A. So... Yeah, not necessary, but it's uh, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, I know I live a hectic life this past year and it wouldn't be ideal, really, I guess, to date someone if someone knew that. But I'm like, well, the fact that like the effort hasn't been shown past one, two dates. Right. I think it actually was just more telling to be like, all right, there's no no consistency here. There's no real yeah. push to see me anytime soon. I, I just take it as someone that's not really interested. I totally agree with you. I think that so, makes a lot of sense. And what, speaking uh, of that weekend in D.C., if you're in the D.C. area, we are very, very close to selling out our tickets for our live show. So if you wanted to snag a ticket and you haven't yet, findingmrhyde.com slash live. Get on that. Yeah, and we'll have an after party, too, where we can all hang yeah. and chat even more. Because sometimes you, sometimes you guys are very, very shy during during the live show to, to ask a question, reach out, whatever. Um, but we hope, we hope you're not, we love interacting with you guys. That's the whole point of doing this live. So truly do. So, and we will put out, if you're listening to this, be checking our stories because we will put out like uh, if anybody has questions, audience questions that they want us to answer during the show, we will post that. Um, and because we don't, we're not owning the ticket sales. We don't have like a whole email list. So peep our stories, check it out. Yes. 
Do you have any updates for the fans before we get to our guest? I had a very in-person weekend that I was really excited about. I So I went to the Chaotic Singles Party that our friend Cassidy threw, and then we got brunch with her the next day, which was kind of fun. We got to like debrief. Um, and so went to that. I went with a couple of friends. Didn't meet any love connections, but did have a lot of good one of the things that I've talked about before about going to more of these in-person events is how it's just making me feel better about dating in general and about the fact that there are a lot of people out there in the world mm-hmm. and getting better at talking to those people has been a nice a nice thing that I've been experiencing. Um, and so I was wingmanning for my guy friend that I brought with me and that was really fun. It was like really fun to be able to kind of like it took the pressure off of me also to be like, oh, who's here? Or like, do I want to talk to someone? And instead to be like fully wingmanning for him was very fun. Yeah. It's great to have no pressure. Yeah. So that was really enjoyable. Other stories from that night are on the Patreon if you if you want more details about the evening. Um, so yeah. So that was it. And uh, I got a bunch of Bumble matches over the weekend. So kind of talking to a few of those, seeing who pans out. I did have one guy literally say, so he had something in his in his profile about breweries, about how mm-hmm. like he's excited for the weather to get nice so that he can go to breweries again, like outdoor ones. And so my opener was, which one are you most excited to go to? Yeah. And he said one. And then I was like, oh, I haven't been there, but I love their beer. Like, I'm a big fan of this other one. And then he said, oh, well, we should go there together. And I said, that sounds like a great first date. And then he never replied. I mean, I won't be surprised if he just replies in a bit. Like, yeah, but it's been Sometimes days, people just don't check it, it. I know. But it's just like, it's just one of those more, I more so say it that it was one of those like frustrating things that's like, it's like it's going so well. You went, he went immediately to we should go do this thing. And then I said yes and he went away. Yeah, but I'm like, I, you know, maybe he just was like, oh shit, I'm actually not free. I'll, I'll reply when I'm free. Yeah, so just one of those like, ugh, you know, guy came in hot, then went cold. You're right. He, I mean, he totally could pop back in. Well, we shall see. Yeah, I get it. I get how you feel. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got going on with me and we can get to our guest. Yes, let's do it. We have Hello Hayes on the pod this week talking all about friendship, building friendships, friendships changing. Uh, Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Yeah, let's get to Hayes. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC comedy loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows, start swiping on hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. 
And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. And we are back with Hayes of Hello Hayes. Thank Hi. you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. When I like asked my, I did a little Instagram story weeks ago, maybe it was months ago at this point, um, as I was starting my own podcast, what podcast should I pitch myself to go on? And yours was came up so many times. So I'm so glad that we're connected and I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're so excited. People are pumped. I have been a fan of your content for a very long time. And apparently our listeners have too, because when we posted mm-hmm. about it, literally three different people in my little question box said, I have been manifesting this. Oh, that's so awesome. That's so cool. Yay. (laughs) So essentially, a little background on you. You are essentially a, I don't know if you want to say friendship coach or (laughs) you're you're specialized in uh, friendship specifically in in the relationship realm. You know, like we talk dating relationships, but I'd say you, you specialize in the friendship relationship aspect. I talk a lot about friendships. I don't think I specialize in anything, but friendship has come up a lot. And it's definitely something that my audience is interested in. But I, yeah, I'm an advice columnist. I'm definitely not a coach or an expert of anything. I am a good listener and I'm a writer. And I think that's where the, that's where it all comes from. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, well, the one thing I, I think you went the most viral for, we could mm. say that we got questions about was your besties theory. So can you please explain to the pod your besties theory? Yes. So I have this theory called six besties theory. And I guess the first thing I'll say about the besties theory, it has been a part of my life for a very long time, though it hasn't lived within me as the six besties theory forever. It came up because I started to notice that in my advice column submission inbox, I was getting lots and lots of questions about friendship and friendship expectations and people who are struggling with friendship expectations in their life. And I was thinking about my my journey of friendship and how I go to different people in my life for different things. And I had been, when I started my social media journey, I noticed that lots of people would like come online and they had fun names and cool names for the things that they talked about. So the six besties theory, like I had wanted to talk about my perspective on friendship for a long time. And it was a conversation with my husband where he was like, what if you come up with a fun name for it? Like, how can you take this theory that you haven't really put into words yet that's based on your lived experience and like come up with a cool snazzy name for it? So six besties theory sort of... Yeah, how do I brand this thing that's in my brain? And once I did that, it all sort of started to come into play. So the six besties theory is based on the idea that we have different friends in our life for different purposes. Um, And I don't mean purpose in a transactional sense. Like it's not like assigning a value to every single person. But different people have different strengths, different weaknesses, will bring different value and gifts to our life. And I think that a lot of friendship dissatisfaction stems from um, expecting one person to check every single box that you 
have or that you need in a relationship with someone else. So I've identified these like six different archetypes of friends in life. And I find it helpful if you are someone who is chronically disappointed in others, chronically feeling like everybody's failing you. Why is nobody as such a good, why is nobody as good of a friend to me as I am to them? If that's something that you find yourself wondering all the time, I would suggest that you take the six besties theory and apply that to your life and say, well, hmm, am I expecting um, Sasha? You know, Sasha's a friend who is like always, always down to meet me for lunch, always down to get dinner during the week, goes out for drinks. She makes me laugh. Uh, But when I try to talk to Sasha about (sighs) my parents' divorce and how hard that's been for me and like as an adult, you know, what it's been triggering for me recently, Sasha can't really like, she can't really vibe with me. She doesn't really see me in that way. Is Sasha a bad friend? Does Sasha not love me the way I love her? When maybe like Sasha's actually a good time bestie. Maybe Sasha's strength is to show up for drinks and to make you laugh, but she's not really able to support you in the way that maybe a North Star bestie could, which is um, a North Star bestie is the name I have for the friend in your life that conversations with them make you feel like coming home. They're like a compass. Um, I've been rambling now, but the idea is that you got to check your expectations a lot of the time. I, I really love it. It When I first – this was one of the very first videos I think I saw of yours was mm. regarding the besties theory. And it reminded me my mom – so my name is also Alexandra. And my mom used to tell me bedtime stories about Princess Alexandra when I was little. Mm. And Princess Alexandra had a lot of different friends for different things. I, also, I should say context. I struggled in friendships a lot as a kid and feeling like I didn't really belong, feeling like literally like what you just described, that I was struggling to figure out where I fit in different friend groups. And my mom created this universe of Princess Alexandra who had like her friend that would come over and play horses with her and her friend that would go and play soccer with her and her and like all of these different friends for different things. And I had never heard it conceptualized by anybody else but my mom and Princess Alexandra. That's so until cool. I saw your videos. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel that makes me feel like so I don't know. I love I it makes total sense to me because it's not a unique idea. Like it's not a novel concept. It doesn't surprise me that your mom would have tried to instill that in you at a young age. Did it help you at the time? Definitely, because it it helped me figure like see different friends differently, like you said, mm-hmm. in a good way. So it's not that in your example, it's not that Sasha's necessarily a bad friend. It's just that she she's a vibe. She's a vibe. Like that's her friend. That's her lane. Right. And if if you have a conversation with Sasha and it didn't feel good or something about it was like, oh, she I didn't enjoy telling her that. She didn't receive me in the way that someone else did. It's not always, oh, I need to confront Sasha. Sometimes it's just, oh, well, I'm actually not going to bring that thing to Sasha, but I can bring these other types of things to Sasha because that's where she shines and that's what feels good in our relationship. Not everything has to be a nuclear reaction. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it's easier to categorize these friendships when there literally is a category that they come from. Mm. Like your friends at work, there's often like some type of corporate filter on your friendship because Mm. you are in a work environment. So it's like, yes, we're close. However, there's certain things we won't be talking about like in the office, let's say. And then same thing with like family, how you talk to your family, you could be very close with them and still talk to them much differently than you talk to your close friends that are Mm -hmm. outside of work friends. So -hmm. I feel like where this gets blurred is like in that outside of any category when you just have these friendships and especially when we're younger and there's this feeling like, 
okay, so-and-so and so-and-so are best friends. And then the other two are best friends. And then say you're like, you feel like the fifth man out and things like that. Like, I feel like that's where we get kind of in our heads, like, oh, not close enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about being in a friend group and noticing dynamics, individual dynamics within a friend group. And that, I don't think six besties theory is designed to help with that specifically. I think it can, but the challenges of being in a large friend group, particularly group of girls, or that's, that's the only experience that I, that I can relate to as a, as a girl, um, <laughs> as a woman, I'm a woman. Um, <laughs> the, the, the challenges of being one of nine, that's a whole other can of worms that six besties theory can be helpful with, but I, it is not designed to help you with that specifically. So before we get to the kind of like group dynamics, we've got a lot of yeah. questions about that. Mm. Back to the besties theory and kind of thinking about, you know, different friends meaning different things to you or being able to do different things in your life. We got a bunch of questions about friend shifting. Mm-hmm. From somebody who was your North Star bestie, mm-hmm. let's say, and that you know person was that for you, but then shifting into a different category of maybe you have somebody else that feels that way now, and you're you know the person that like somebody else in your theory is your OG bestie. So right. maybe maybe this person is now an OG bestie, mm-hmm. and and navigating those shifts of like friendship dynamics changing. Mm. Well, I guess the first thing is that not every shift needs to be addressed. So Mm -hmm. I think that something that happens when you start to become more aware of what's happening in your life, like if that type of awareness is new to you, you're going to start to notice things that maybe you didn't notice before. And that might feel really uncomfortable at first because you've never started to, you haven't looked at your life in this like thoughtful, not, not that you haven't been thoughtful, but you haven't looked at your life and your relationships through this lens. The beginning of that process is going to feel strange because it's new. And sometimes when something new is happening, we have a gut instinct to do something about it. I think you sometimes have to give yourself time to sit with the shift before you decide to do anything about it. One of the ways I have found it I've been able to manage these shifts in my life is by making sure I'm investing in other friendships constantly Um, and not always looking for a new best friend, but like always trying to, I'm always open to the idea that somebody I connect with could be a friend in my life. And I think that when you approach your interactions through this like low stakes, low pressure, everyone I meet is an opportunity to connect it makes these shifts with your friends less scary because you have faith that there are other people in your life who will be there for you and that you're not just going to be alone. So like the seasonal bestie is one of the besties in the theory that I think is so important. And that's about having people in your life who are in the same life stage as you, have a similar hobby. So if you're a new mom, maybe it's someone else who's a new mom. Or if you are a writer, maybe it's someone in your creative writing class or your intramural volleyball league. Um, <laughs> These don't have to be the closest of friends, the people that know every single detail about your life, but just having these, having like a kaleidoscope of friends in your life, I think helps you get through those changes. Yeah. It sounds like a lot like what we talk about with dating, where we're like, if you're going into first dates thinking that like these first dates are low risk, they have a low bar, like I'm just going to meet somebody, I'm not trying, I don't need to meet my husband on my next first date, it it becomes a lot easier to go on Mm -hmm. dates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate the word desperate. Can I think of a better word than desperate? Craving, maybe? Craving. Like if you are, I can really empathize with craving 
and like feeling like you need this very specific person to be in your life. And when you enter at, when you meet people for the first time and you enter every relationship with that craving, like really, really present, other people can sense that typically. I imagine in dating, it's the same. Well, we did get a question here about how do you turn casual friends into deeper friendships? Do you have any advice on, you know, taking something that is maybe that surface level friend or almost feel like acquaintances and, and trying to make it a deeper connection? I think it's through time spent together and through sharing and like asking questions. I think, and I'd be curious, I'd be curious to know more. Like my, I think my special sauce as an advice columnist is through like details and hearing more. So I would want to ask this person, um, why are you, where did this question come from? Is it that you're struggling to get to a deeper place with somebody? I don't think that depth is something you can intentionally build necessarily, or it's not, it is intentional, but it's not like a recipe. There isn't a step one, two, three that you follow and suddenly you have a deep connection with a friend. Some of it is natural and chemistry and if you click or not. And part of building deep connections with people also involves noticing when a deeper connection isn't going to be there and not taking that personally and not letting that make you feel defeated. So I'd be really curious to understand where the question's coming from. And if the person is maybe in their head and they're nervous about sharing about themselves, they're nervous of being vulnerable. The deepest relationships in my life have just come from asking someone to hang out, asking them questions about themselves, listening to what they're saying, remembering something they said the first time we spoke and following up to hear how that went. Um, like a new friend, I've, I made a new friend recently in LA and she was uh, getting her eggs, get, doing the egg freezing. And I remembered when we met, she had told me that she was going in for her retrieval the following week. I put it in my calendar, the date that she mentioned, so that the next week I could text her and say I was thinking of her. Did that immediately make us the deepest of friends? Not necessarily, but it's a step, right? It's like showing people that you care about them. So I think things like that could help, but there's no, there's no... You know, there's no like 10 steps, I don't think. Well, I think that's also what's hard about when you feel like you have the friends that shift Mm -hmm. is there was like this deep friendship and now it's becoming maybe more surface level or -hmm. just not keeping in touch well, whatever it is. Um, Because another question we got, and I think we've all experienced, is how do you deal with feeling like you're always the one that's reaching out and initiating plans with this person, whether it's new friendship or old friendship that you feel like it's kind of fading away? Why does it bother you? Uh, Because it makes you feel like this person never thinks of me. They never reach out and invite me. And it makes it feel like a one-sided friendship. The same way a date would feel like I'm I'm the only one that's asking to see this person. I'm Mm -hmm. the only one that thinks to text this person. I'm the only one that's putting the effort in this relationship. And I think we often Well, that's but that's what I'm saying. With friendships, you also feel that way sometimes and you ask yourself the question, do I continue? Should I continue? When do I let this go? And I think it's much harder when it is old friends. But like you just said in your example, how do you build deeper friendships? Well, you got to reach out. Well, you got to invite. So now how do I gauge when to stop that? I think you have to trust that if the friendship was good, your intuition would tell you so. And you wouldn't care that you were the one reaching out because all other signs would be showing you they care about you. Like who, who cares if you're always the one texting? I have friends that I'm always the one who calls them. And I don't give a shit because the friendship is wonderful and beautiful. And when we talk and hang out, it's wonderful. I'm not keeping track of who's calling who. If you are keeping track of who's reaching out to who, 
who's calling every time and you're pissed that it's you, either the relationship is one-sided and you're continuing to put energy into something that's showing you all the signs that they don't care, or you're like, this is more about you and you're focusing on the wrong things. Or maybe it's just that you don't have good, like that, that, that friendship isn't working for both of you anymore. And maybe because I, because I think I've, I've been in that same situation that you mentioned, Hayes, where I do have a couple friends that I can think of off the top of my head where I do reach out way more than they do. Yeah. But I only am thinking about it now as you're saying that, being like, do I have anybody that I do that, but it doesn't bother me? I do. But everything else about the friendship feels really reciprocal. Right. Whereas maybe what you're talking about, Erica, which I also have had examples of in my past, is like, I'm the only re- only one reaching out. And then when we do talk or we do hang out, it also feels one-sided in those moments. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where I think this example happens a lot is because I've had a theory myself about people. And I feel like I've made this theory to make myself feel better about this. Now, I'm the type of personality, okay? If I'm going to a thing, I find out about a party, I find out about whatever. I have no hesitation to like invite one friend over here and one friend over there that they don't know each other. I don't care. I'm like, we're all adults. Who cares? I'm a, the more the merrier. If I'm hosting a party, I'm inviting people I know. And right? I like you and I like you. So like that should be fine. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not at all worried about it. Right? So I see myself as like an inviter type of friend. I like to think, I think of people, I reach out, I, I try to bring people together. You're whatever. a connector. Yes. That's, thank you. Great word. Yeah. Now I have had friends in my life that I'll like find out they went to something like a party or something that there's mutual friends or mutual people I know. And I, and they never extend the invite to you. And that is very hard because you sit there being like, man, I invite you to so much stuff. Why wouldn't you think to extend the invite to me? And I've kind of created a theory because it also usually will be very anxious people that I'm friends with. And there's part of them that I think they're so happy to get invited. And then they have this fear that if they extend the invite to someone who comes and people don't like them or, you know, something weird happens, suddenly that's going to revoke their invite to that thing from whoever invited them. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I do. Like there's some people that I'm like, they're just so happy to get invited. They never think to invite anybody else. But when it's you, you feel like it's personal and it's, to well, you. Mm, and that can be mm. really frustrating, especially when you're like, man, I've invited you to like several different things. Mm. And this happened to me. I remember showing up to like a lunch with comedians and my roommate was new in town, moved in. I was inviting him to everything because he was new in town. I'm like, there's this thing, this thing. I get invited to this. I realized there was a few things he went to, didn't invite me. And I was like, okay, I get invited to this lunch. I almost knocked on his door to be like, should I tell him? And I go, you know what? No, because I'm tired of him not inviting me. Mm. I walk in, he's there. <laughs> And he had this look on his face like, oh, oh, hi. And I was like, hello. Like, I know all these people too. I don't understand why you wouldn't think to invite me. I'm, I'm your roommate and I invite you to a lot. Mm. Like, so I think it's things like that, not necessarily roommate, but I feel like things like that is when a lot of people also get in their head where they're like, huh. Like, especially when your friend tells you like, I went to this really cool thing, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, man, you tend to do a lot of cool things without extending the invite to me. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask you know? your, did you, how did you handle that with your roommate when you saw him? Did you ever, did oh, you I just ever stopped, ask him? I stopped inviting him. I just stopped mm. inviting him to stuff. I didn't confront it. I was just like, oh, okay. You are not going to help me essentially network and get ahead in this way. I'm just going to stop helping you on that front, mm. to be frank. I'm thinking about what it would have sounded like to ask him about it. 
it's hard to bring things up in the moment. But when things well, yeah, where I, mean, I, where I, I, I wasn't going to do it in front of a table of people. Oh no, you know? no, no! Of course, of course. <laughs> like, yo, bitch! Um, why didn't you invite me? What the fuck? <laughs> you know. But that's how I felt in that moment. You know, it felt like, oh, is this a secret? I wasn't supposed to know. You know. Why didn't we like? How, like, how did we not talk about this? Like, we should we should talk about this more. Maybe the way to maybe the way to address that is like we're both in the same scene. We have the same friends. Let's tell each other about these things so we can go together. Um, not saying that, not criticizing you for not doing it then, but if I were, if somebody were like writing to me about that or asking me how to address it, I, I might have said something like that. I think you're right that sometimes it is personal and sometimes it is, um, somebody could not be inviting you because they want to keep all of the contacts to themselves and they want to lift themselves up. And thinking of an anxious person, I sometimes prefer to go to things alone because, not, not even, I'm not taking the extra step to be worried about how other people are going to feel about the other person, but sometimes just like getting yourself to go to something is anxiety inducing enough that like having another person just makes it harder, which can be really foreign to someone who feels the complete opposite, that like bringing people places is a source of joy. So just to add that, I think your theory is right. And to add the extra category of anxious person the thought of inviting someone to something with them could just be like just too much. Like bringing a guest with them somewhere is another thing to worry about. Not even because of who you are specifically, but totally because of them. Yeah. And also since this person was very anxious, they also were very non-confrontational. So I felt like we live together. I'm not, I'm not going to make waves. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that was and a specific example. That's like totally. comedy, community comedy world. But, but I, but I've felt this with other friends and not even just growing up, like as an adult where you're like, yeah, okay, I always think of you. I feel like you never think of me. Mm. And to be honest, it makes me pull back my energy. Or I'm like, if I didn't reach out, would I ever hear from you? Which is no. fair. Guess we're not really uh, as good of friends as I thought, you know? I used to worry about, as as somebody who tends more anxious, this doesn't bother me anymore, but in the past, I used to worry about inviting someone to something and worry that they weren't going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So and that that would then reflect on me. So not that the people there wouldn't like them, but like, so for example, I went to a singles mixer last week, two weeks ago, something like that. I shit you not, there were ten people there, and it was it was not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had brought a friend with me. In the past, I would probably still be thinking about how lame that event was. And that I had brought my friend down from the Upper East Side, she took an Uber down to this bar to come to this thing that I invited her to that was like 10 people. Now I'm like, she's an adult. She made the decision. Neither of us knew how the event was going to be. No one's mad. <laughs> but like 10, 15 years ago, that would have haunted me for a while. I can still relate to that. Well, because I think I also look at it in this lens like, you know, who doesn't like to be invited to something? Like, it feels good totally. to be like, oh, this person thought of me. Oh, they invited me to this thing. It, so especially, yeah. I think that's what makes it hurts mo- hurt more is when you're like, I always invite you. And like, how cool does that feel that I reach out to you? And like, not that I'm the coolest person alive, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's nice. And so if anything, it's made me because I usually am the inviter or the organizer or the connector, whatever, that it's made me like people that do reach out to me and extend invites like that to me or think of me for things like that, like really hold like a true place in my heart that I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm really touched that you did think of me and reach out to me because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, from my perspective, I feel like it's the opposite mm. where I'm like, Oh, it's always me putting the yeah. thing together. Like so when someone giver. else does it, I'm like, thank you. 
this mm-hmm. is so nice that I could just show up to a thing and not be the person facilitating it, you know? Right. And I imagine that you have, if there are other people in your life who are not inviters or they're not the one who's going to invite you to things because they don't like to go to things. If they're thinking of showing you, they think of you in other ways, who gives a shit if they're inviting you places because they show up in other ways. If there's someone who doesn't show up for you or doesn't show they think of you in any way and that doesn't feel good for you, I think you have all the information you need. You pull back. If something doesn't feel good, you change the way that you give energy to that thing. Right. But it also is confusing when you do have a great time when you see them. Like then you, it's your expectation. Like, yeah. In between is terrible. But once we're in the same room, this is what a nice time. You know, <laughs> like I just I almost forget about all those feelings I had on the in between. You know, I think if you can change your expectations for that person, though, and then if your expectations yeah. around that person are that we have a great time when we're together. And I don't expect them to fill any of the other boxes and what I look for in relationship. You could probably still have a friendship or relationship with someone because it's just good in person, but they don't think they don't, they're not sending you nice texts or inviting you to things when you're not together or thinking of you in that way. If you can wrap your head around what that relationship looks like, you could have a, you know, multi-year lifelong friendship with that person because you know exactly what it is. If you don't want that type of relationship with that, with someone, that's totally fine too. Yeah. I have a friend like that, that I had to like put her in a different category of like, we are going to have a great time when we're together. I cannot worry about what you're doing when we're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for her, that worked. Like for our relationship, that worked. Other people, we've not made that jump. Mm-hmm. And then it's just been like, I guess we're just not really going to be friends anymore. So on the not being friends anymore topic, <laughs> uh, we did get a bunch of questions about friendship breakups. Mm. So specifically, you know, I guess there's two versions of this, right? You mm-hmm. have when people just move categories, so it's still a friendship. Um But if you feel like it's a true friendship breakup, you don't want to hang out with this person anymore, you don't want to talk to them anymore, whatever it is, uh, what are the best ways to have a friendship breakup? Or should you even officially have one? I think most of the time, no. I think most of the time a breakup, a conversation is not necessary. The friendship friendship breakups I've had that have had like a conversation were like in college – and like something dramatic happened that resulted in like a fight and where it was like, we're no longer friends anymore. Um, I cannot really imagine that happening as an adult or needing to happen as an adult for me. Now I know not everybody is that way. I'm structuring my life in a way that like, I can't imagine a friendship breakup occurring. And if it would, it would be like something would have to happen where we'd say like, we clearly cannot move past this. And maybe that's, if you feel like sometimes something will happen and you have a conversation, it's like, I've loved the time we've had together, but you and I cannot move past this. If you don't have an opportunity to have that kind of conversation, you probably don't need to break up. You probably just need to pull back. If I reach out to someone three times for coffee to hang, whatever, they don't want to see me, I'm going to get the hint that they don't want to invest in a relationship with me. It's hard if it's a, you know, someone that you consider a best friend. I'd be curious to talk about your self-awareness and see what things you are missing if it feels like such a surprise to you that someone doesn't want to be your friend anymore. We had a couple people write in with situations where somebody is not getting the hint, where they're like, you know, or, and even people that weren't close. So like we got a couple questions about people who are exploring things like Bumble BFF, like moving to new cities, trying to make new friends, and where it's clear that the other person thinks there is a friendship connection there and you don't, and they are not getting that hint. Like they're continuously reaching out, 
And then eventually you're like, how do I tell them this? How would you phrase that? I personally would not want someone to tell me that they don't want to be my friend directly unless I asked them straight up. Like I, I would be more comfortable with me just texting someone and them not responding to me and then I would get the point. If I didn't get the point, so I'm trying to imagine being the type of person who sends four texts in a row, hasn't gotten any response and is still trying to be friends with someone who I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, what's going on? Um, I don't think you owe people that you just met your true feelings about them. So there's that, there's, that, there's that one piece of it. I do think saying nothing could be okay. If that isn't feeling good for you, if you're uncomfortable with not saying anything to this person that you've never, that you've hung out with once, then you say, thanks for reaching out. I didn't feel a connection as friends and just wanted to be transparent with you about that. I hope that you find the, fr- find the friendship you're looking for. Yeah, it's I, I I sort of am allergic to like treating friendships like dating, and I think there are some ways that maybe it's helpful to do that. But I, I don't love the idea of like I just wasn't that into you, like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looking for the friendship spark. I feel huh? like are the <laughs> the more I would rather help people learn how to like see the signs and not take things so personally themselves and how to deal with rejection. Mm. I'd rather spend our time helping indiv- like helping us individually deal with that than like tell people how to break up with people that they probably don't need to be breaking up with because they've gotten coffee together once. Funny cuz I was about to ask you, you know, in dating they say you should give it like 3 dates to see if whatever builds and grows as long as there's no <clears throat> no like hard deal breakers, right? And I was just about to ask you like how many times should you hang out with somebody? As who's many, a new friend like, how, before you make the call to be like, I don't know if I want to be this person's <laughs> friend. Yeah? You know, I typically am a person who like can see something in others. And I generally like hanging out with people. And I typically, if I meet someone, I'll hang out with them a few times. There are times when I, there's been a few, very small amount of times. I won't give the exact number, but under five where I have like been set up with someone and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. And I think if you know that you never want to do this again, for whatever reason, you don't have to do it again. There's no, there's no number that I would prescribe. Um, but I, but I, it's also about knowing yourself. Like, do you typically have a good judgment of people or do you not? If you have a good judgment of others, I think you can learn to trust your gut instinct. And if someone just is not rubbing you the right way, or they say something that offends you or disrespects you the first time you meet, it's fine to not want to hang out with them again. Yeah, I get that part. I just was curious if you had anything about like, you know, people are nervous, especially Bumble BFF, you know, maybe maybe everyone's a little embarrassed to be on it, to be like, eh, feels a little weird. I'm in a new city. I'm trying to make new friends. If you're coming into this with like, I have no, I don't know anyone here. If that's, if that's your entry point, I know nobody in the city and this is the only way that I think I can meet people, then yeah, you know, be flexible with people and maybe give it a few times. But how, okay. what, what stage of... I need people in my life right now or I'm not going to be okay. Are you at? Yeah. To that end, we did get a few questions about people from people about moving to new cities by themselves and not knowing anybody there and kind of what your advice might be for fostering community in a new place. I have been really pleasantly surprised at how small moments of connection throughout the day like really make a difference in feeling connected and less lonely. So that could mean like getting your nails done and chatting with the elderly lady who's getting her nails done next to you and having a, you know, 10 minute conversation with a stranger. 
the connection that that can give you can nourish you throughout the rest of the day. And I think that being more open to these small moments of connection, instead of just thinking like, how am I going to find my next best friend, will fuel you. And I think that when you take some of the pressure off, when we take the pressure off of anything, I think good things usually happen. Like I ask myself all the time, Alexandra, what would it look like if you cared about this like 10% less, 5% less? If you took, if you just did a little bit less towards this thing that you so desperately want, because there's a lot of things in my life that I desperately want that maybe not a friend, maybe not friends, but other things. And that sense of desperation like does not serve me. So what if, what if I can just like take 10% of the pressure off, a little bit of the pressure off and with friendship or relationships or whatever, I think just being more open to these small moments of connection can be really helpful. And when I am open to that, um, I'm amazed by like these wonderful interactions that I have. And I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but we need a lot, uh, less is more sometimes like these small, these small moments of connection can just do a lot. Yeah. That reminds me it. We so we did a, an episode about manifesting last week, actually, um, and we talked about how neither of us are kind of inherently woo woo, but we like the idea of exactly what you're saying. But it reminds me of something I've been trying to do in dating, actually, which is do more things in person where I just meet more people, even if they're not dating prospects, and like how much better that makes me feel about my potential ability to meet a dating prospect, just because I'm like out in the world talking to people. In a bigger right. Way. You're you're you are doing something active. Like you're not just sitting at home passively hoping that someone shows up next to you. You're you are taking a step, even if it's a small, quote, small step. Like you are doing something. I think putting yourself but not I was gonna say putting yourself out there, but I'm gonna resist to use that phrase because of how overused <laughs> it is. But you are literally putting your body in places that are not just in your home. I was doing some work in a coffee shop yesterday, and the woman next to me, like somebody came down and sat next to her. And they just like started chatting and I overheard their conversation. They were talking about where they're from. And one of the one of the people just moved, just moved to LA and the other one's been living here for five years. And then they were talking about their favorite cities in the world. Like, and you gotta remember everyone is looking for connection. You're not, if you're if you're in a new city looking for friends, we are all always on a quest to meet new people. A lot a lot of people are open to meeting new good people. So don't be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, in terms of like finding new friendships, my piece of advice usually is what is something that you just like and like to do? Like, what are you a fan of? And a lot of times people will hesitate to go to like events specifically by themselves. But that is often when I've made new friendships and I wasn't even in a place of like necessarily looking for it. Mm. Um, like I remember last minute I bought tickets to see, I forgot who it was. But it was a comedian at Radio City and it was last minute. And so the tickets were cheap and I was like, screw it. And I picked a seat that there was an open seat next to me because I was like, well, maybe someone else will buy this weird single ticket over here. And some girl did. And then we chatted, you know, waiting for the show and after and like ended up getting exchanging numbers and things like that. But it made sense because it also was like, we're both a fan of this thing. So you also have something to talk about. Mm, Love that. And asking for people's numbers, genius. Like such another small thing. I ask for, if I meet someone and I like them, you bet your ass I'm asking for their number. Like, <laughs> what's, your, what's your friendship line to ask for the number? What do you say? Can I get your number? <laughs> like, I'm just like so straight. I love before the simplicity. Leave, I'm, like, I'm like, can I get your number? Right, like right now. I'll sometimes ask in the but, middle of while we're hanging out. But like, but you, do you say like to hang sometime, get a coffee sometime? I, I say like, um, like, I really like you. Can I get your number? 
that's exactly what I say. <laughs> um, and then I'll sometimes I'll say, I'm going to make you be my friend. <laughs> okay. I like that. Which is very specific to my personality. So if that doesn't feel natural to you, don't say that. But if that feels like something you could say, that's something a confident person would say. So a person who's confident that they are a good friend and that they have something to offer as a friend. So I guess another piece of advice is to like imagine, sometimes I'll ask myself, like, what would a person who already has the thing I want or what would a person, what would, what would a person who's already like living in a way that I want, who's more confident in this area, what would that person do? And then I do I love that. that. So I'm curious, how do you do this with, uh, sorry, new male friendships? Do you, do you do this typically with men or do you usually only chat up women and ask for their number? Um, I do it with men. I do it with men. I'm more cautious with men. I feel less comfortable with, with, with straight men. I did it more when I was in New York and LA. I just like, don't get out as much <laughs> loser, but I've, I like spend more time. At That's home. all of LA. Trust me. Um, I'm, I'm there now. <laughs> LA doesn't I, like to go out. The New York it's very LA weird thing as well. Okay, cool. So we're all the same. I do it. I do it with men. I would do it with men more if it was like a professional. I think I do it in more of a professional context. So I might not say, I like you. I'm going to make you be my friend. I might say, I've really liked talking with you. Can I get your number? Would love to, would love to talk more about this. Or like, would love to talk work. I think my relationships with straight men are typically more focused on work. Which I don't know what that says about me, but that's... I got to be honest. I don't have a husband, but I'm like, if I had a husband or boyfriend, and I just was like, I made a new male friend all the time. I'm like, no, honey, he just wants to be my friend. I feel like a lot of men wouldn't believe it. You know, they'd be like, I don't really love that you're out here getting men's numbers and making friendships with men. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's a generalization, but because also I think about it the opposite end. Like if my guy kept coming home being like, I got this girl's number. I got a new friend. I'd be like, do you have enough fucking friends? Okay. <laughs> How many times that. you got to come home with a new number from a woman? You know? Yeah. There's I get a little that. bit of that. For sure. Or or I'm sure there's people listening being like, yeah, how do you approach it with men? Because they don't want to give the vibe that they're trying to date them. Do you just, do you just work your friendship line in there? You know, like, I think you're cool. I, I want to make you my friend. I, I don't think there is blanket advice. Like I, it's about what you're comfortable with. If you're not, if you and your relationship don't feel comfortable with that, I'd be curious to understand more about why. If I was just trying to escape something in my marriage and constantly I'm going and getting drinks with new straight male friends all the time and just saying, I'm just making new friends. I'm just making new friends. Maybe that would be a problem, but for many people, it wouldn't be. So, no, I mean, no comment unless I have specifics. I would avoid making a generalization. And I yeah. agree. There's nothing wrong with making new friendships of desired yeah. gender. I probably um, would like... But I understand how it's trickier, yeah. especially if you are in a relationship. Or or not, because you might be like, damn, I keep trying to make friends, and they all think I mean it in a dating sense, and I don't mean it that way, you know? It's just a little harder. I can imagine. if I can, If I can... What would I do if I were single haze in a new city by myself? I probably would be looking for friendships with people who were not attracted to um, straight cisgender women like me. Yeah, I get it can get tricky. It's interesting with so I play volleyball and like a lot of a lot of volleyball is co-ed and like I have a lot of a lot of guy friends as a result. And I also have people ask for your number all the time in a volleyball context, and it is legitimately like, a volleyball context, like, oh, this person's good. 
And so I'm going to get their number because the next time I need a good player of that position, I'm going to text him. And that has is so normalized that I don't even think about it. And then I'll get into other contexts and be like, oh, I guess, I guess it's not as normal for me to just like ask a dude for his number and have him know that it is not romantic in any way. The other thing that that we got a lot of questions on, we talked about like a little bit up top, but that group dynamic of like feeling like, you know, different people in the group have different relationships. And, you know, if you're a lot of people wrote in that they feel like they're either the odd one out of a group or that they feel like they don't have their person in that group and just feeling a little bit like uncomfy in the group dynamic. How I would, how committed are you to being in the group and like to, to, to existing in friendships in a group? You might not be a person who feels most satisfied in group friendships. I certainly was not. My friendships all became much better when I was no longer in like a stage of life where I was committing to being one of the girls in like a large group of friends. And that meant like investing in one-on-one friendships or one-on-two, one-on-three, like smaller groups within the group, but then also just making new friends outside of the group. When you make new friends outside of the group, if you notice that you are not a group person, suddenly your interactions with the group feel a little bit more bearable because you have other people. I think it's really painful to be, to feel like the odd one out in a group. And that could be a sign that you might not like being in a, in a one of a, one in a large group. That's, that's a whole, that's like, a, yeah. I think a lot of people don't like that. It's a different dynamic for sure. Yeah. Cause then the other question too, is like, how do you deal with possible backlash if you do hang out from with one person from the group but without the other group and then someone finds out and then it's kind of like well why wasn't i invited this is why groups are very challenging and like not what do you do about it nothing i mean you're allowed to have friendships with people in the group like you're allowed to go out to dinner with one person in the group and if that hurts somebody's feelings sometimes that isn't your problem you can be empathetic towards that you're allowed to have a one-on-one dinner. And if that's repeatedly becoming a problem, I would maybe take that as a sign that like this whole dynamic isn't working for me. So what will it look like to remove myself from it so that I can exist in my friendships in a way that feels better for me? Um, it would be exhausting for me if I was one of seven, let's say like a, like a a seven, like a normal, a good size friend group. It's like a volleyball team, right? Okay. So like one of seven, it would feel, it would feel so exhausting if the only way to be with those, with these people was to like go out to dinner with a group of seven. It was very draining for me thinking back to college. Like when that was just, if we ever did anything, it was a big table and you have to shout to get your voice heard and nothing feels intimate and connected. I would not be happy in that if it meant that I also couldn't do like one-on-one things because two of the seven would be upset. Um, but if that's what the group dynamic is, you probably can't change the group dynamic. What you can change is how you show up in the dynamic and where you get the connection that you're looking for. Yeah. I love the advice of fostering friendships outside the group too. So that like, maybe if you do want to stay friends with this group, that you can kind of shift kind of like the bestie theory, you can kind of shift where they sit in your life. Mm -hmm. And like, that isn't, your core group necessarily, and you have, you know, you foster things outside of it as well. Mm. And the the odd one out detail in particular, I'm curious, what do you mean by that? 
what is it when you say that you feel like the odd one out, let's like break that down further. Do you feel like the odd one out because people aren't nice to you? No one cares about, like no one's showing they care about you. No one's being thoughtful or inviting you to things. Or is that what you mean by odd one out that no one likes you? Or do you feel like the odd one out because you're different in some way? Maybe you feel like you've reached a new level of maturity and you care about what's going on in the world and everybody else just wants to talk about gossip. Like what is it? Because maybe if you can identify the thing that's making you feel like the odd one out, you then know what to look for in these other friendships that you're building. So if, if, if the group feels really vapid and shallow, but you like getting drinks with them and you like doing that, maybe you need to, like now you know what type of friend is missing in your life and you can try to look for them. Well, Hayes, thank you so much. We're, this is such a vast topic. So we appreciate your your input on uh, on the aspects our listeners brought in. And please let them know, where can they find you? I am Hello Hayes on TikTok. That's where I, I post most of my content there. My podcast is Hello Hayes. Um, on Instagram, I'm AF Hayes, where I share more personal behind the scenes stuff. And if you want to write me a letter, it's advice at gmail.com. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Hope you guys enjoyed me. this episode. Yeah. And if anybody wants to suggest any other guests for us to have on, check us out, findamrheight.com slash podcast. You can submit questions and uh, guest suggestions. So thanks again for coming on. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.